film and television, merely entertainment, right? No. There's so much more to film and television that changes our perspectives. And as a result, we can have different, either realistic expectations or non-realistic expectations about what life is really like. Whether it be horror that helps us develop a habit of turning every light on in the house, or a comedy that helps us relieve tension in the saddest times of our life. I want to go in the Wayback Machine and find out exactly what movie helped shape you. I'm Oma Shadi, and welcome to the Between the Bannisters podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. I'm very, very excited about the film we're going to discuss today, and even more excited that uh, Jeremiah Lewis is with me today. And, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, hi. Say <laughs> hi to the folks. <laughs> hi to the folks. Hi to the folks. So uh, Jeremiah has been my uh, internet and hopefully real life friend when we <laughs> actually get together and do things. <laughs> but um, been a part of my lockdown happy hour. Um, which was a Zoom happy hour that I created for uh, international creatives. Actually, going on March 2020 is when I created that. And yeah, it's kind of where our, you know, our friendship took off. And it's just been really great. And I'm very, very lucky to know a fantastic individual. So I'm very, been very spoiled with the people that have been in that group. So welcome, Jeremiah, again, I already said. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, the the, the lockdown is such a great time. uh, And, you know, it wouldn't have happened without you, probably, because it takes someone like you with your energy and your excitement and your ability ability to, you know, bring people together, uh, which is, I think, something we sorely need and needed, especially uh, last year. So, yeah, it's been a real blessing, I think, for everybody. And, uh, yeah, thank, we love you for oh, that. Thank <laughs> you. Got me crying in my Saturday robe today. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. So let me introduce you a little bit about uh, Jeremiah's background. So award-winning writer-director. Uh, Jeremiah is also a producer, having completed work on several shorts, web series, and a feature film that saw theatrical distribution. He loves writing complex characters and morally ambiguous stories in which history, personal and national, collides with present-day social issues leading to conflict and growth and change in intimate and often challenging ways. He enjoys writing in all genres, but especially loves horror, which I'm very excited about, um, as a versatile engine for galvanizing yet entertaining stories. So again, fabulous individual. I do want to shout out the, the Rickety Man, which is his most recent film has been getting a lot of attention, won incredible awards, and showed at Cannes Film Fest. Am I correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. We actually just finished up our 2021 festival run. Um, very happy to say that it was really well received across the board for uh, a lot of the festivals. We didn't get into every festival, um, but we did get into quite a few, and, and we even won a few awards, got nominated for a number of other awards and uh yeah it's just it's been a really really gratifying uh experience seeing that film take off and uh just connect with so many people it's a it's a horror film but it's a kind of a period slow burn tension filled uh thing as opposed to kind of more the gore uh you know violence sort of thing and and it's really it's been nice to see it connect with people and we hope for more things to come and we we uh, are looking forward to 
seeing what the new year is going to hold for us because we do have a few more festivals that uh, we're, we're in and uh, a few big ones actually um so we're waiting with fingers crossed on those but uh yeah 2021 has been very great for us and, and we're we're so thankful and, and grateful for all the support that we've received from the community it's been amazing we are blessed and blown away by it because we couldn't have made the film without the input and um and support of everybody who you know contributed to the kickstarter and just you know shared the project around and told people about it so it's really amazing and we're uh yeah we're kind of we're, we're blown away by it really it's it's really been incredible so thank you it's been awesome because reading that as a short story you know i mean I, they happened very quickly i mean i i think it did yeah very quickly but well like you know it's it funny it's, short, yeah yeah, it's it was well, that it's that filmmaking time. Uh, yeah. it, it's been it's been almost a year since I connected with Cameron and Zach, uh, writer mm -hmm. and producer, and um, and so obviously it's been through you know the the pre production time and then production and then post and now festivals and um and so it's a year, but it 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 did happen really quickly. Uh, yeah. and it feels like uh, there's just there's a whole history there now and. Uh, and we have, you know, we have more to come. We're, we're working on the feature for that. It's it's more just kind of like, you know, trying to pitch that and, and get some meetings to connect with the right people who might see the vision uh, that we have for it and, and connect with that on, on an emotional level and, and certainly on a, on a financial level as well, because we do think that it's got legs. But, uh, you know, that's that's more of a long-term thing. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. In the meantime, we're, we're working on new stuff. So, yeah. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So with from your film to this film that we're going to discuss today, tell us what film helped shape you. Well, you know, it's funny because we I've been talking about horror and that's sort of my favorite genre. But this is, <laughs> but this is not horror, but um, I do feel like there are some connecting points there. The, the film yeah. in question is The Princess Bride. And the, and the Princess Bride has, uh, it's, it's actually cross-genre. And, mm -hmm. you know, it covers a lot of ground. It covers romance, it covers fantasy, it covers action, adventure, and it even has some horror. I mean, it's got the, the, the shrieking eels, uh, mm -hmm. which, you know, when I saw it as a kid, those were scary. They were terrifying because, uh, you know, you don't really see a whole lot of them, but you, you yeah. hear them and, and there's this buildup of tension there. So, so that element, and then of course the R-O-U-S's, Oh, yeah. and, <laughs> the giant you know, rodents, giant rodents, and uh, attacking people, and um, and again, like I, I mean, I was probably thirteen or fourteen when I saw this uh, for the first time, and I, I should kind of give a little bit of background. I grew up in a house where we didn't have TV and we didn't watch a ton of movies, and um, occasionally my father would rent a TV from the the local RCA Renta Center. <laughs> and and so yeah we would occasionally like on weekends we would get a tv and then we'd go to the blockbuster that was right next door rent a bunch of movies and usually that was like you know old black and white movies hum humphrey bogart and lauren bacall and um so i got a lot of like classical uh like black and white movies under my belt when i was a kid um and then of course like cartoons like rocky and bullwinkle and um you know Hanna barbera stuff but I didn't watch a whole lot of TV, uh, hardly any, and and very few sort of modern movies. Uh, and any movies that I did watch were kind of more tame. Um, you know, I watched some Disney stuff, but not any horror at all. So watching this movie, Princess Bride, uh, I, I really didn't know what to expect. And I wasn't sure what that 
was going to be like because it was the first movie that I watched where it was sort of my entire family together and yeah. uh and and none of us had heard of this movie N none of us had really known we didn't know what we were getting into and so it starts and uh and I don't know there's something about the way that this movie unfolds it it just captured me immediately and I think part of it is the fact that they use this sort of bookend mechanism. They use the the narrator of uh, the the grandfather, Peter Falk's character, um, telling the story to his grandson, Fred Savage's character. And I think that the way that that is presented, it's sort of set up to like give you a sense of okay, there's a story that's going to be told, but there's a snarkiness to it, right? He, you know, mm -hmm. he kind of like the the kid is is sort of like he doesn't want to engage, and and the grandfather's just not going to have any. He's he's not going to let his kid get away with it he's he's like no shut up you're gonna listen to this story <laughs> right. and, and and so like you instantly kind of get a, a feel for the tone of it and and it, I, I don't know for me I, I I think it it really just tells you that you're in good hands like the storytellers know what's going on they understand modern audiences and they are trusting that you know they're telling this fantasy adventure romance story in a way that's not kind of like your old school story that you know maybe unfolds a little more slowly and, mm -hmm. and modern audiences might not connect with that kind of storytelling so they're like telling you right up front no this is a different kind of story stick mm -hmm. around it's it's got all these elements but it's also funny and it's you know it doesn't take itself so seriously that you know you can't have fun with it but um yeah just watching it as a kid I, I fell in love with it pretty much right away I, I I just there was something about it that just made me feel warm and like I just connected with the, the story and the, and the characters and you know Wesley is this super dreamboat guy and oh, yeah. Buttercup <laughs> and you know like well like oh, yeah. Carrie Ellis's hair is just incredible like you can't it's you a can't feat of magic <laughs> it, it is it is it, it, and uh and I mean you know, I I, uh, I I think that just you meet these characters and then you instantly, you want them to work. You want them to, to be together. And then when they're taken away from each other, it's like, okay, this is a clear story. It's a very, very simple story. Get the girl and re reunite with the one true love. And mm -hmm. and then all the all the stuff that happens in between is like that adventure. And so I just feel like it it really does a great job of capturing both kids and adults because everyone can understand it you know we all get yeah, that oh absolutely so yeah absolutely. so yeah as a kid just connected with it right away and uh fell in love with it what was a formative scene for you what did you take a what is one of the scenes that you <laughs> took the most away I know it's so difficult because there's so many good scenes <sighs> and there's so many good side yes. characters I'm for me it's Billy Crystal and Carol Kane um I love <laughs> that <laughs> um because you know you have that burnout from like the guy that's been shafted from his job and you know right um yeah what what scene what scenes we'll give you a few you got time you oh, can tell gosh. us a few. oh my goodness uh, yeah no you're right it's it's virtually impossible to say <laughs> just one like piece. um I, I will tell you the 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 one scene that initially sticks out in my mind is the uh the moment when they reach the cliffs of insanity and they are like facing this massive wall that they have to climb up and this is now told from the, the perspective of the three people who are like following uh you know uh yeah. they're, they're basically trying to get away from the man in black and they don't know who who he is and so they're climbing this huge cliff and like it's just this 
massive feat. And Andre the Giant's character, he uh, he is just, he's so strong and he just pulls them up. And it's like, you can tell how much of a burden it is because he's carrying all these characters and yet he's still able to do it. And so you think there's like, there's no way that this other person who's following them is going to catch up with them. But you also know that, yeah, he kind of is. And I just felt like, okay, they've just done a, such a great job of setting up this impossible feat that everyone, like it's the villains and the, the protagonists, which, you know, you sort of don't know what is going on there, but you know, all of them have to reach the top. Cause like, right. like, what if they don't, like, they can't fall into the ocean <laughs> and die. So like, but you still don't understand how it's going to happen. So I, I feel like that scene and, um, and then of course reaching the top and then the sword fight is just incredible. And you yes. realize, okay, this man in black is something special, you know, cause he defeats the best swordsman in the world. Right. And after having climbed up this massive cliff, so you understand the stakes are high and like this character is not someone that you can just ignore. You have to like take him seriously and he's clearly like not going to give up. And uh, I don't know, I just, I, I feel like that scene really sticks out in my mind. Um, and uh, and then of course, I just, I don't know, I love the, the well, uh, is it okay to spoil this movie? Like, oh, hell yeah. It's, it's old enough. I mean, so, so this, the scene when they reveal that the the uh, the six finger six fingered man is uh, the, the was the killer of Inigo's father. Yes, and he has his moment of revenge, and it's just he's you get this full arc for his character, in, mm -hmm. and and it's really beautiful because like he has been searching for this his entire life. Like he's yeah. been looking for this man. He's been training his entire life for this moment. And he's wounded and he's like, he's suffering. And at the same time, he's still able to get the strength and, and like kill the kill the guy that, that killed his father. Yeah. And it's done in such a satisfactory way too. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. Like it's <laughs> so good. And um, so yeah, I just feel like there is uh, that, that scene just it resonates for me because I feel like it it captures the magic of that quest and yeah. um and you know everyone loves a good quest right and this entire yeah. movie is a quest it's like mul multiple quests right side it's, quest it's, actually really cool, so. <laughs> it's like a video game because you do it have is, yeah. this, this you know end game which is very like you know very Mario save the princess for the castle it is yeah and then you have all these side pieces of it but I love that you mentioned that part of of Anigo's arc because when I when I watched it and I really when I watched it as a kid I, I absolutely loved it and I liked watching it all the time but as I got older that scene really made me realize what's what's what now for him because there is these he's cackered the mountain yeah now what do you do um and it always I always want to see a part two that just kind of followed him <laughs> and what he did from here on out, you know, and I, I feel like that's something that Mandy Patin can absolutely be down for. Um, yeah. But just, I really wanted to, to see what, what goes on with him at this point and what other things that he was going to be into. But what do you feel in this film did really, really well for what it was trying to do? What, what piece or, or what could you draw from it that just, you're like, yes, that was absolutely what needed to be done here? Well, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back to my uh, 
because this was such a formative movie for me in so many ways, um, the one of the biggest ways that I feel like it influenced me is the the way that this story uses um, the journey of characters mm -hmm. to kind of create an emotional investment for the audience. Every single character has like something that they want, something that they're going for. And there is a sense of momentum and trajectory for each one of them that um, I think that I subconsciously took away from this film. And I now think about that in terms of my screenwriting. Like it feels like this film is the quintessential essence of what good storytelling is from a character standpoint in terms of giving people clear like goals to go for and, 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 and like sort of a, a clear direction for the plot and a sense of, you know, that the obstacles that they have to overcome, the challenges that they're going to face along the way, the friends that they're going to make along the way as well. Because, you know, it's not just conflict. It's also like connecting with people because this is great because the entire first part of it is like the, these people are in conflict, but then they eventually become friends. Like the Man in Black defeats Inigo Montoya and then... Inigo Montoya respects him so much that he ends up joining up with him. And the same with um, uh, Fezzik, you know, like mm -hmm. there's a sense of like respect there. And so they end up joining forces later on and it becomes like a, a narrative flip. And, um, but ultimately it's all still in service of this goal. Like, and I feel like from a screenwriting and storytelling standpoint, I, that, that's really what it does so well. It gives these very clear defined goals and objectives for people, both external like goals, but also internal like the emotional components. Yeah. And uh, and then allowing us to sort of experience those like the ups and downs of their journey. And then the satisfaction of getting them to that end point where they succeed and everything, you know, happens to go their way because they've planned well and they've executed well and um and they've overcome the things that the that were standing in their way and then they have that moment that kiss and then it's like all is well the the balance has been restored all is right with the world and we can all go to bed and 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 then that last bookend of the father saying or the grandfather saying you know well that's it we're done and the kid's like well maybe could you come back and tell me another story or tell you know tell it to me again and he says of course, as you wish, true love. It encapsulates storytelling in mm -hmm. such a brilliant way. And, and what really storytelling is, it's the, it's the human experience, right? Yeah. It's like the sense of what we deal with every day. You know, we deal with obstacles and hurdles and we have objectives that we go for in our lives. And we want things and we need things, emotional things. And we have like the, the, the tangible physical stuff that we want, but also it's that internal need. And then, you know, the need for love, the need yeah. for friendship, the need to see things through. And so to me, that's what this movie does great, the best. It, it really captures the human experience. And, and, it, and it just sort of, you know, and it, and it puts it into a fanciful box, but it's still very much what we go through and uh and so i just love that i i think it's yeah. uh it's such a cool well yeah <laughs> it's just yeah it's, it's such a cool way to to uh, look at things because it means that the stories that we tell actually matter right mm -hmm. and uh i think that as creators we all want 
the things that we do, we want them to matter. We want the words that we write to mean things and not just to ourselves, but to other people. You know, that's right. why we write. That's why we Yeah, create. absolutely. So. Absolutely. Was there one thing that you wish didn't happen in the movie or something you would have done differently or wanted a yes. character to do what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, we, we, we were speaking a little bit earlier of the, the love story with um, Wesley and Buttercup, and I feel like, you know, Buttercup is is sort of not given her due in this film. Um, yeah. I wish That's she had... a little bit of lack of agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you don't... I, I didn't pick up on that when I was a kid, uh, but sure. the more that, you know, we've kind of come along and the more that I thought about it and the sense of, like, wanting to make sure that characters all have something useful and interesting you know like a satisfying journey mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like buttercup has as, as fulfilling of a journey uh she mostly sits around and waits and pines and um <laughs> and I, yeah i think that that's that's probably where this movie doesn't doesn't do her justice and mm -hmm. uh, and certainly um could have done better um and, you know, part of it is just, it's, it, in some ways, it's a product of the times, but also it doesn't, it, you know, that's not an excuse. And it, and it, right. it really should um, be noted that uh, William Goldman, who wrote this, and he's a fantastic screenwriter, but, you know, no one is perfect. And this right. is, I think, I think this is an area where he maybe uh, didn't, didn't do his best. Um, so, yeah. I would love I would love to see a version of this where Buttercup has more cool and interesting things to do and 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 you know her own journey that that makes sense uh, for her. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I kind of yeah. Land. I feel like there because even though we love something and especially if it's something that's so formative and and it shapes the way we kind of um, work as a, even a screenwriter or creative or even just navigate our own life, there's always right. that one teeny like thread that you're like I wish yeah. I could cut that and I wish there could be something yeah. different different in that piece so I'm glad that you said that because I was I've always kind of even as a as a kid she didn't really have much to do <laughs> she's right. not given a whole lot of you know I mean Wesley has this whole this whole you know over expansive you know fell in with the pirates learned from the pirates came became right. this guy defeated greatest swordsman in the world, you know, got brought back to life, spoiler, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I think that he has, and that was maybe like the romanticizing of, you know, will literally die for my true love. I feel like that was the point that was like really hammered all, yeah, yeah. Um, about it. And she really didn't have to do much in order for somebody to want to do that for her. Um, so I think at least for a little girl, it definitely gave me, um, you know, an interesting outlook of, if I don't have to do much, why do men want so much for me? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely no, a false impression of uh, what my love life would actually be like. Yeah, you know, that it is interesting how, how movies do shape their perception of the world. And I mean, this is why film is such a powerful thing. It's a, mm -hmm. such a powerful force for, for our culture and the way that we develop as human beings and uh yeah it's it's hard not to pick up on these things especially when it's not just a single movie you know if it were mm -hmm. just a single movie it would be okay well that sucks but you know yeah. not all is lost but when it's like every movie yeah. you know is kind of like that and you know it's like 
when you see the exception to that, it's like, oh, wow, they actually did something like right. It stands mm-hmm. out because it's so uncommon. So I do think that um, that's that's where a lot of films, not just this film, a lot of films have fallen short in in that regard. And hopefully, yeah. we will see more of the uh, approach that you know what we've been talking about, giving not just the men uh, the agency, but you know, giving everybody their own their own agency and their own arc and and their own sense of um, individual purpose and identity not just mm-hmm. like identity in relation to someone else, right? Right. And that's that's kind of, yeah. now I will say, I will say that Buttercup, she does have a few really great moments and um, and she does, what little agency she has, she exercises it, you know, she's going to kill herself. She's, you know, she she refuses mm-hmm. to give in to this, this prince who basically can have anything he wants and he wants her and she isn't going to go along with that. And, mm-hmm. um, and there is a certain amount of agency and bravery in that. I think I, I it's a little bit more on the passive side, but I, I think mm-hmm. it's maybe, um, maybe Goldman's nod to trying to give her at least something that she right. has to do, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's still not great, but it's, you know, it's, it's maybe at least, at least an effort, but, um, Take it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh again like not everything is perfect but this film is pretty pretty damn close yeah but i do like the fact when she's like i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna kill myself blah blah for tink's like okay like yeah oh how terrible like (laughs) why you do that um but no i i i love that piece because they're even the most perfect movies from the most perfect i mean i have a ton of uh his books, um, you know, the adventures in, in the screen trade. I, mm-hmm. I, and I'm reading about that and even like, you know, the, his take on like Bush and Sundance is, is very, very interesting. Um, it always kind of sticks with me um, with stories, but yes, I'm glad that you mentioned that that could be kind of tweaked a little bit. Yes. <laughs> um, for you, um, and we talked a little bit about um, you kind of uh, seeing how, you know, those relationships and those journeys affect your screenwriting. Um, what about this movie? Is there a scene where it's like the friendship that's made or it's the journey that you try to have your characters experience um, from this movie? I think uh, I, I think the the coming back from the dead scene, yeah. you know, he's been tortured to death, literally to death by the six-fingered man and by mm-hmm. Humperdinck. Um, which I think is interesting, you know, the six-fingered man is more scientific about it. He's like, he wants to study yeah. it and like <laughs> figure out like how far he can push it. And Humperdinck comes in and just blows the whole, you know, scientific observation thing and just like shoves the thing up to max and, and, <laughs> kills, and kills him and yeah, kills, <laughs> sucks his life away. Um, and, uh, and I feel like that moment is so great because it's like, you know, he's dead. He's clearly dead. And even the, the filmmakers do such a great job of like emphasizing it by cutting back to the grandfather and the kid. And the Wait, kid's he's like, like no he's way! Not, he's, not, <laughs> no, he's not really dead. No, 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 he's dead. Like this, this guy is dead. His character is gone. Yeah, Humperdinck's fine. Everybody's how do, you, how do you come back from that? How do yeah. you, how do you, um, how do you, how, how do you get back to the plot with your main character suddenly gone? Your hero is dead. 
-hmm. And uh, I think that that is such a cool, um, it's such a cool thing because that's what I want to put my characters through. I want to, and 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 by extension, that the audience, I want to make them wonder, well, how how are they going to come back from this? Like that's <laughs> that's it. That's game it. over. Uh, and I want there to be, I want there to be that reaction from people when they, when they read stuff that I write, I want there to be that, that sense of hope, like not hopelessness, but like a sense of how are they going to, how are they going to fix this? And, mm -hmm. uh, and so if I can surprise someone in that way, then I feel like, oh, that's good. That's, that's what, um, a good storyteller will be able to do that. And I'm not sure I'm quite there yet, but I do think that it is, if you can, put your characters to the brink and then push them over and mm -hmm. let your audience have it be clear that they're gone, that there's something, you know, this is not something you can just come back from unless you've got a, an ace in your pocket. Right. And, you know, as writers, you, you have to have that ace. And so I think that's my writing sort of goal is to push people over to the edge and then somehow figure out a way to get them back or yeah. at least, come up with a solution that, you know, is, is logically, it makes sense, but also emotionally resonant. And, and, and this movie just kills it on both of those fronts because, you know, Wesley is gone. He's dead. And, um, and then, yeah, you know, they, they, they go to the, um, oh. they go to Billy Crystal's character, Miracle Max. I almost called him Magic Mike, but that's not his name. Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He, he is, and he and Carol Kane really steal that entire moment. And, uh, and you know, it's like they come on and, and you realize there's, these characters are in so much pain and grief. And yeah. then he sticks his face out of the little door, you know, and he's, yeah. and he's like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> and, uh, and it's I'm like, really and it, yeah, and it comes at just the right moment. And yeah. uh, so, you know, and, and that's maybe another lesson is that um, it, it's all about balancing these little, these emotional things like grief and pain, but also humor and, you know, excitement mm -hmm. and tension, but also, you know, that, that slowdown and, and the, and the, the romance and the, the sense of like, we're okay to just stay here for a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's what this movie does so well. I mean, from the first minute on, it's just an incredible feat. And uh... I love that. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Because I feel like that's, and, and reading a lot of your work and, and sitting and experiencing a lot of your work through, you know, table reads and, and being able to be part of your work, I, I see where you're at with, with that. And that's definitely something that you've been able to implement in your own work is that bringing your Thank characters you. to like, absolute <laughs> agony. <laughs> absolute absolute agony but still managing to you know we we are so invested with them thus far um and we're we're pulled right back with them or we're rooting for them to be pulled back and when yeah. that happens when wesley dies um we're two-thirds into the movie mm -hmm. like we're all completely invested in this journey and he's almost yeah. there and he knows where she is and he's gonna get her and then that happens so yeah. that other third is there's so much heavy lifting to be done there. Um, but it's so easy for us to stay engaged into, you know, we just wanted him to get there. And now it's like, now we need to get yeah. him alive and get him back. And now she's doing this. And it's, 
Yeah. There's so many hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> that, that rip the characters apart, which is so smart. And I, I see that in your work and it's very, oh, thank you. it's so, it's so exciting to read. Um, because it's not just, you do do expansive genre work, but a lot of even like, like your drama work, um, is, is really amazing. And your characters are so fully formed. I'm not ever confused as to what they bring to the table. Um, and I think that's what makes your work really, really engaging is that you understand what everybody is doing there. Like there's not just an offshoot like Nudnik that has like two lines and, you know, he's just there for like the joke or. Right. Mm, yeah. No, I, I, I don't. Villain. Yeah. No, I don't believe that there are any small characters um, because everyone has a life outside of the movie. Right. You know, yeah. you've got this story right. and, 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 you know, everyone in it has like whatever size part they have to play but outside of the story those people will leave uh, they lead other lives they have other things going on they have their own drama their own hang-ups and their own tensions and um and i think it's important as writers as creators to remember that right and that that means when you're dealing with a, a, a character who doesn't have as much going on still invest the time to right. give them life, give them a sense of identity and, and a right. sense of purpose. Like, you know, give them a name. <laughs> give them a name. They're the hero of their own story. So treat right. them as such. Woman you know? too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't believe I don't believe that it, it does anybody justice. And yeah. um if you know to shortchange and I, I don't think people do it on purpose, but it just, you know, it, it's important to remember that. And then and then the other thing is I think that um we all have to understand that all audiences want is to know that they're being taken care of. Mm -hmm. Like they want to understand that while they're in the story, you control everything. You control them. You control where their eye goes. You control what emotions they feel. It's mm -hmm. all manipulation. But they, as long as you don't betray that trust that they put right. in you and you're, 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 doing, you're doing the work that is demanded of the story, I think you're going to be fine right. um, because that's really what it is all about. It's about them saying, okay, for an hour or an hour and a half or whatever time, mm -hmm. of, you know, it is, we're putting ourselves into your hands. Treat us, right. treat us well. Don't, don't, don't screw with us. So, right. and if you, and if you do screw with us, make sure you have an ace in, in your pocket to, to bring us back because you can't, don't betray us like that. And, uh, you know, and, don't make and me then, regret spending my time with you. Right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, and then making sure that everyone has that, that journey, that full, that full sense of identity, no matter how big or small the character is, people are going to, they're going to pick up on that. They will, I promise. And, and that's such uh, a smart way to go to, because especially those listening that are in the, in this industry or the screenwriting industry, even literary is Think about your characters. The minute you close that book, your character goes home. They go to the grocery store. They go shopping. They go meet their family. Like there is something else that they are doing. Because um, for me, when I write, my characters always have a character bio first. That That's before I even like write my story. <laughs> like yeah. a page and a half of like shit nobody's going to see or know. Or, you know, it just doesn't, it's not going to matter to my audience, but I understand what their motivation yep. and what their their why is exactly. at the end of the day, um, exactly. which I think is super important. And um, Simon Sinek, who is one of my favorite 
um, speakers on, you know, just how people work and, yeah. and, you know, it's, he says that, you know, you, you have two ways to invoke emotion in someone, inspire it or manipulate it. And it's really up to you as to how you are going to do those effectively and morally to your, right. you know, what is sound to you. Like you could, you know, we talk about um, horror and horror can be so, and like you were saying, it's like a more of a slow burn and it's the psychological, heavy psychological piece. And we're dealing with grief and, and the out, um, the, like the outlying feelings of that, which I mm -hmm. think is that beautiful primal fear piece of it, right? I mean, there's <laughs> scary shit going on and, you know, there's seclusion and, you know, grief obviously has a million facets that hit hard, but there's so many people that are trying to hit us over the head with the over the top blood and the over the top gore and how shitty can one person be to another person and that's my horror movie. Um, but I think that we don't really need to do that. We need to just trust our audience to be smarter than mm -hmm. they're usually given credit for, which I think, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, I feel like that's cinema these days. Everything, we just have to, we're talking to everybody like they're stupid. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I mean, I do get it because, you know, we're, when we're, when you're writing, uh, you're kind of writing in a vacuum and you don't really yeah. know like, okay, well, how's this going to hit someone? Uh, will they get it? Will, am I being too subtle? Like, you know, and you get so close to the material that it can be easy to, to just, miss the mark one way or another you can go too heavy or too soft oh yeah for sure um so i i get it like i i and i think that we all want to be understood so we 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 opt for you know over explaining and over telling mm -hmm. I, I do the same thing i'm so guilty of this i overwrite uh, almost everything, and I have <laughs> to. tell him? Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah's giving me notes so like, "Mo, this trip could be like five pages shorter." It's totally fine. <laughs> and and I mean, the, yeah. and every single note that I give to someone, I have given to myself. So mm -hmm. I mean, I, it, it's uh, it's okay. Like that's that's just human nature. But um, yeah, trust the audience. Trust trust the trust the possibility that they're going to get what you are going for. Sometimes it's going to work. But maybe it, it, it will work more than you think. And when yeah. it does, like, that's a beautiful thing because that's two minds connecting over mm -hmm. a vast distance of time and, and space. And, and certainly in terms of, like, you know, I was there, I wrote it. You weren't there, and yet you still got it. That's magic. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, that's an awesome way to put it. Like, you still got what I was trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. have to over-explain it to you. Okay. <sighs> so. <laughs> feels good so if you had to explain this movie to someone in two sentences could you do it oh gosh uh i could certainly try go for um, this is a movie about true love but it involves every other facet of the human experience including action and adventure and tension, and dread, and fear, and excitement, but ultimately it's a journey about characters who know what they want, and go after it with everything they have, and experience hurdles, and obstacles, and even death, but in the end, it can't stop true love. Yeah. 
<laughs> Everybody has such a pensive look when I ask that question. So it's, well, it's yes, yeah, the elevator pitch thing, right? Yeah, give it to me. Um, Show me what it's all about. Tell me what, what you got, you kid. <laughs> yeah, what you did great. It was fantastic. Um, what do you think is, in your personal opinion, is an allegory for this film? What do you think this film encapsulated, or what do you personally feel it was trying to say? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I know what the creators intended, or at least the writer. I know mm -hmm. William Goldman specifically wrote the book um, as like a story to tell his kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was just going for the things that are interesting and exciting and worth telling, you know, like going to the grocery store may not be like something worth telling, uh, although mm -hmm. it could be. Um, in this case, you know, it was like, what, what kind of story do my kids like? Well, they like sword fights. They like pirates. They like, you know, uh, evil villains and, and princes who are arrogant and, and mean. And I, I don't know. So for me, like, I, I know what their intention was, but for me, the allegory, I go back to, you know, this this idea of what this story does in terms of um, capturing the emotion of what people go through in the heightened form, right? Our lives are not this exciting, but there's like microcosms, you know? We, yeah. have, we have sword fights with our boss. We just use words instead of swords. Right. Um, <laughs> Some of us would like to use swords, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Uh, we, 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 we have to scale impossible cliffs. Yeah. From time to time we have to uh engage in battles with our enemies they don't look like this but they they are still those battles right and, mm -hmm. and we we all quest after love we all quest after human connection we all want things that we can't have until the time is right it takes wesley what 20 years or yeah you know i don't know how i can't remember how long it is um that he's gone Mm -hmm. But it's a it's a long time, and uh, and he comes back after having spent years and years and years on the high seas and um, and learning all these skills and things, and and that's that's a metaphor for us, right? We can't yeah. we can't get to the top of the mountain without learning how to climb first. We have to learn all this all the skills to get there. We have to you know get the equipment, and we have to connect with the right people to train us, and and everything is like that. You know, our lives are like this movie. And so for me, that's the allegory. The allegory is this is just people going through their lives, dealing with stuff that seems impossible, like we're dealing with now, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. days, sometimes days are so hard, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the simplest thing can feel like a huge mountain. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's important to remember because we're all dealing with stuff. We're all going through stuff. And doesn't matter it might not seem important to you but like uh to someone else it's very important that that little moment matters and um and i think that uh this story does so well it, you know any kind of story any kind of narrative uh, i i feel has lessons pertinent to like everyday life everyday people what we're going through but this mm -hmm. movie i think does it really well in such a fantastical romantic and entertaining way that um it's hard not to say that this movie succeeds on on multitude of levels and 
there's a lot to be taken from it, not just in the screenwriting realm and not just storytelling, but just in terms of like living your life, you know, it's going to be yeah. okay. You, you can climb the cliff. It might seem impossible. You might feel like you're going to, you know, succumb to uh, someone sucking your life away, but you can survive it. You can get through it. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, I'm so excited that you were able to come on today. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. This is really, I, this is a lot of fun, and it was really cool to re, uh, to remember this movie, like from the earliest time that I saw it, you know, mm -hmm. and to realize how formative it actually was, and how important it was for me as a storyteller and as a as a creator, and and I think. Also, hopefully, as a, as a human being, too. Um, yeah, for and sure. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thank you. Yay! Jeremiah, tell the folks um, where they can find um, some of your latest projects or if there's anything that you want to shout out that's coming down the pike for you um, this uh, year into next year. Yeah, sure. Well, the first thing is uh, The Rickety Man is the film that is now live public on YouTube. Um, I don't know if we've actually added it to the website, but you can go check out therickettyman.com. Okay. We have a lot of information there. And uh, and I think we're going to be adding that that link. We'll probably add an embed, uh, YouTube embed to the, to the website. So you can watch it there. Um, you can also go to my Twitter page. I'm at fringeblog, F-R-I-N-G-E-B-L-O-G. And I'm on a couple of other platforms, but I'm not very good at like Instagram and YouTube, so. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I literally like, like I do Facebook for my business and yeah. you know trying to check in on the it's, older people in my life. That's it gets it. tough. It gets tough. You know, you, there's a limited <laughs> limited number of hours in the day, and uh, I don't want to yeah. spend all my time on social media. So, uh, but um, yeah, Twitter is a great place to find me. And then um, I can say that uh, the connection that I have with uh, Cameron and Zach has been really wonderful because not only were they super, super um, obviously supportive of the Rickety Man, they loved it, They and they were like, let's produce this, let's make this happen. Well, we have just been simpatico on everything. And so we have oh, a number so of good. other, we have another, uh, a number of other projects that we're working on. Uh, we're in pre-production on uh, uh, a film right now. And uh, yes! that will, will be, will be kind of, giving some more information on that as we can. But uh, yeah, it's really exciting. 2022 is gonna be a banner year, I think for, for me. And I, and I think, you know what, for everybody else too, because yeah. it's time, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. We so, can all use so a little many, bit of a freaking reprieve. <laughs> so many of us have, have really spent uh, 2021 and, and 2020 and, and years prior, just like doing the work and mm -hmm. 2022, I have a feeling, is going to be a banner year for so many other people. And uh, I'm really excited to see all the projects that are going to be coming out. Because I, I know, I actually know some people have stuff in the works. So right. I'm, I'm speaking from a place of, of uh, knowledge here. But also, I just know for just everybody, it's, it's going to be good. So keep your chin up. And, I am. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. And uh, we're going to continue to help each other and support each other. And that's what, that's what we can do. So let's make yeah. it happen. 100%. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jeremiah, Thank for you, being Mo. with me today. Thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. And uh, we will see you next week.